obey His word. Then we walk in the light. He's the way and the truth. And in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the How is everybody doing this morning? Hopefully you're doing well. We're in Luke chapter 8 today. I'm going to jump right in there. Um, I haven't seen anything about a baby. Is there yet? Uh, I thought so, but maybe I missed something. Anyway, but uh, here we are. Uh, I am... Here and you were there, and we're together, and we're going to look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 8, and we're talking about women today. Now, any of you who are not women folk, uh, you need to listen up because you'll say, Well, this is for women. Why should I listen? Because we need to understand. The significance of women in ministry, and uh, we're looking today only at three verses in Luke chapter 8, Then we're going to look at some other passages. Um, I'm not as fully prepared for this as I would like to be, but let's jump in. Uh, it says, after this, now after what? Now, we're going to back up to a woman. There is a woman that Jesus has just healed. Uh, back in the preceding chapter, and we want to uh, we want to go back to that chapter and see what it had to say. So let's back up one chapter, chapter seven, end of the chapter, 
And if you recall, Jesus had forgiven a sinful woman. So let's just read this section because this this comes before where we jump into today. It says, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house, reclined at the table. Uh, some of this is recap from yesterday. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. Um, and as she stood behind him uh, at his uh, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. I mean, sobbing. I mean, imagine the amount of tears it says to wet his feet with her tears. I mean, they, these aren't just like a few little trickles. I mean, they, she is crying profusely. It says, and then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Now, just think for a moment about perfume. You ever been through an airport? Some of us that travel some, uh, Michael, you might relate with this. And some of your travels, others, uh, maybe Fran, there's others that have traveled as well. Um, But some of the airports you go through, and it seems like it's just, it's not miles, I'm overstating that, but it means a long section. They wind you through in many airports, especially international airports, and it's all about perfume. I mean, you you walk through major sections, uh, from between terminals and things like that, and it's the duty-free area, and it's perfume. I don't know what it is about perfume and why it has to be so expensive, but it it is, and it's popular, and so they sell it in the airports and, uh, you know, places like Kohl's, uh, Sephora, uh, becoming much more important to Kohl's than even everything else in, in their department store. Perfume. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And other places we read in the Gospels about this perfume being so costly and how uh, upset Peter was saying, look, this is like a year's wages. Think of the good we could have done if we would have sold that perfume. We could have fed so many people. Yet she poured it out for Jesus. Verse 39 says this, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. Now, just time out a second. Who isn't a sinner? We are all sinners. And he seems to, this fact is lost upon the Pharisee. Thanks, well, that, that, that is sinful, but what I am is not sinful. We're all sinful says, Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Simon was the name of the Pharisee. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two women owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him a field of 500 in the area, another 50. So, I mean, one guy owed 10 times the amount. Verse 42 says, neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them would love him more? You would think the one who had the most debt canceled would be the one that would love him the most. So Simon says, uh, no, we're not playing the game, Simon says. But Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. It was a custom to, especially have a special guest come into your home to, to wash their dirty feet. 
but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Not even a towel, but with her hair. You do not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I enter does not stop kissing my feet. To kiss one's feet is a sign of humility. You do not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven loves little. Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And he concludes by this, verse 50, by saying this, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Now, out of that, one of the couple of things I would like to pick out and just comment on uh, before we jump into chapter 8 is our gratitude for the forgiveness that Jesus offers. If we confess, he cleanses. If we confess, he forgives. When we get right with God, we can have peace in, within ourselves. Peace with God results in peace with self. So today, if perhaps you're a person that doesn't have peace in your soul, you may ask yourself, is there something between myself and God? Because if you deal with whatever issue might be between you and God, you may, in fact, find that God brings peace into your soul. He sent her because of her faith and because of the forgiveness that he gave her. He sent her away in peace. Friend, today you can have peace. You can have peace if if you come before God and say, God, I did X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. Your lips, your tongue may have gotten you in trouble. Your eyes may have gotten you in trouble. Your hands may have gotten you in trouble. Your your attitude may have gotten you in trouble. Your heart may have gotten you in trouble. Any number of things that you could fill in the blank and say, I've done these things. If we confess our sins, God is willing to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we're right with God, we can be right with ourselves and we can have peace within. Friend, God offers to you peace today. Do you need his peace? Confess to him anything you need to confess. Make yourself right with him and allow him to restore you. Now, this is a woman. This woman had significant things uh, done in her life by Jesus. Jesus offered her forgiveness. Jesus offered her peace. Jesus offered her cleansing. Jesus offered her a fresh start. This is what Jesus offers to us. So she would become who would follow him and who would serve him, who would support him, who would help the ministry. Now, let's pick up in chapter 8. After this, and remember, after this, he'd been at the Pharisee's home. The woman came. Her She washed Jesus' feet with her tears, put perfume on his feet. So after this, it says Jesus traveled from one town and village to another. Now, villages were small. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of like traveling around here in Maine, sort of. I mean, we have, we have places that are, uh, you know, you go into a little village. Now, we call towns what in, Pennsylvania, we called townships. The town was actually a nucleus, like, you know, the center of downtown moral <laughs> uh, or like Lancaster proper downtown. 
Um, that's called the town, and things outside the town would be the township. Uh, but they had these small little nuclear areas. Everything else was more rural, more, in some ways, desert-like, uh, more agricultural. And the people did tend to live in a closer proximity to one another. So Jesus traveled from one town and village to another. And it says, what did he do? It says he went proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what we expect Jesus to do. Nothing surprising there. It says the 12 were with him. And now we get into this, this section. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager, Cusa is the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others, uh, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, it, it, it isn't just that... Uh, all these women had had these incredible things happen to them. Some were, were cured of evil spirits and diseases, notably Mary Magdalene, who was most likely a prostitute. And this text tells us from whom seven demons had come out, she was demonized. Her life was radically changed. She wanted to follow Jesus. If your life is radically changed by someone, do you do you not want to follow them? Do you not want to be their champion? Do you not want to be the one to sing their praises? Do you not want to be the one uh, who, uh, who who would do whatever you can to support them? So here's Mary. There's Joanna, the wife of Cousin, the manager of Herod's house. Who's Herod? Herod is the governor of the region. That's who Herod is. Who's Cusa? Uh, Cusa is the one who manages all the household. He was responsible for the for, for the servants. He is responsible for the food service. He is responsible for the linen service. Uh, he is probably responsible for the, he's like chief of staff. Uh, he's probably responsible for the secret service. Uh, that's who Cusa was. He's like, he, he's like this most important figure uh, to the governor, Governor Herod, uh, and his wife, Joanna, begins to support Jesus. Now, what impact would this have on, on Cusa? How might this reach into Herod's household? We don't know. But it does say this. It does say these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Right there, verse 3. The end of the verse. They were helping to support them. Now, you can go through the New Testament and you can find other uh, other notable women who supported the ministry. And that may be you. You may be a notable woman who supports the ministry. And some of you are. Um and I'm going to get behind somebody here this morning. Uh, Jess is going to Mexico in uh, July, I think it is. And uh, I think that's when the mission trip is. And I noted that Jess had a Facebook uh, GoFundMe post. Uh, I haven't given to it yet. We will. I just have had some 
a couple months of some rather large expenses here. And, uh, but we will, I'm going to make that public guarantee right now, but go find that on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, and I encourage you to get behind Jess and support her going to Mexico. And I'm just going to say that, um, some of you, uh, in fact, number of you have been supportive of me in what we're doing and friends, your support of what I'm doing it has impact all over the state of Maine now and beyond the state of Maine. On Thursday, I'll be in Atlanta meeting with several other disciple-making leaders from the U.S., uh, North America. It might even be some Canadian uh, leaders who will be there. Uh, our organization, Concentric, uh, leading an event on Thursday, a roundtable discussion about uh, you know, disciple-making movements and, and how to take them further and, and what more to do. And uh, I see Don has put in the comments a GoFundMe there for Jess. So there you go. You can click on that right there and show support to Jess. Now, talking about how these women supported Jesus, how you support, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul here in just a moment, too. Uh, but, you know, your impact, you're, you've impacted South Sudan. Uh, you've impacted into Kenya. Uh, last year when I was in Kenya, there was uh, no structure built, but there is now a structure built in uh, Kakama, in one of the refugee camps there, United Nations refugee camp in Kakama that has many uh, South Sudanese uh, people there, they now have a building. They, they don't have to sit out in the sun. They can sit undercover. That's because of the support that you've given to the ministry. Uh, and I want to thank you and tell you absolutely how incredible that is. And, and I want to encourage you. I want to cheerlead for you. Keep doing what you're doing. Now, some of you are, are very, very effective. God has given some of you wonderful gifts and talents and abilities uh, to uh, to support uh, ministry. Keep doing it. I pray for your success. Uh, and, and I want to say thank you. Uh, you support me. You support the local church. Uh, you support ministries of various kinds. But it, it, it's notable that these women are included in the, this section of Scripture. So we have Mary Magdalene, we have Joanna, and we have Susanna. And it says, and many others. And they helped to support them out of their own means. Uh, Jesus was busy about the ministry. I mean, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't out trying to figure out how do I make money to support what we do. Uh, and, and that's where I'm trying to live. And, and sometimes I think, do I need to go get a job to fill in some gaps. Sometimes I think that, but partly because I haven't driven hard enough uh, at, at fundraising on the concentric side of things yet, haven't driven that that hard and uh, need to get after that uh, because there's so much work to be done. And uh, we have uh, events going on, uh, coming up. We're, we're supporting a number of pastors here on February the 2nd. Uh, through New England Bible College and Seminary. So, I mean, I, I have concentric this week with uh, U.S. leaders, uh, roundtable conversation about how to accelerate disciple-making movements in North America. Uh, that's that's this week, February 2nd, supporting. Uh, we've invited nearly 400 
pastors to an event. We know that many won't come. Probably maybe if a quarter of them show up, that'd be fantastic. In fact, I don't even think we can handle having a quarter of them, but we'll see. And uh, we're reaching out. Uh, we're supporting churches. I'll be, uh, I go to Atlanta on, I leave for tomorrow for Atlanta, meeting tomorrow night in Atlanta, Thursday all day in Atlanta, Friday back on the airplane, fly home, uh, and then a board meeting for the, the college, uh, the, the bulk of the day Saturday. Then I'll drive from the college up to Millinocket to speak on Sunday. Uh, and, and you are supporting, your support of what I do helps to support all of that. You are touching by your giving. You are touching places in the world. I, I, I had the opportunity to be in our own home church on Sunday, and the kids presented some missionaries and carried the flags and whatnot. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. It was outstanding. And uh, you know, Pastor Jacob talked about you know the the giving that takes place at Veracity. Uh, and the, the different missionaries that are supporting that type of a thing. And some of you maybe support missionaries. We currently have, uh, four missionaries that, that we support personally. And, uh, uh, some young planting churches, uh, another, some serving in, in roles of expanding disciple making movements. Uh, and, and we're just, we're, we're, for you to think about how do you support, what do you do? Now, again, this section, Luke 8, 1 through 3, talking about some women. Let me take you into the book of Romans for just a moment. Uh, and I want to uh, highlight some other women. Romans 16, it says, I want to commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Now, you know, we don't know what all she did in Centuria. Uh, Some think that that perhaps she planted the church in Centuria. Uh, That that is some of the thinking that, uh, that is there. Uh, we certainly know that, that Paul commended her and said, uh, whatever help she needs, give her the help that she needs. She has been helping many people. So whatever the nature of her ministry, Paul says, help her, because she had given a great help to many people. And, and, and Paul says, including me. Then in verse th- uh, 16.3, Romans 16.3, says, greet Priscilla and Achilla. Now, when we were first introduced to Priscilla and Achilla in the book of Acts, we were introduced to Achilla and Priscilla. Achilla is the husband, Priscilla the wife. Why is the wife listed first? It, it, some conjecture that the wife is listed first because she was perhaps the more prominent spokesperson uh, between the two. Maybe she was more, more articulate, and they were disciple makers. They discipled Apollos. One-on-one disciple-making with Apollos, and and Apollos went on and had a phenomenal ministry. But Priscilla and Achilla helped him get founded in Jesus. Paul says about them, they're my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. He says, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. They had a tent-making ministry, and... uh, 
they supported others. They discipled others. They, they had a life of discipleship right from their home. He says, greet also the church that meets at their house. So we know that Priscilla and Aquila had a house church. Uh, greet my dear friend Eponetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the, in the province of Asia. Here's another woman. Greet Mary, who worked hard for you. Greet uh, Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles. Uh, it's not saying that they were apostles, but they were supportive of the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. They were believers before he was. Greet uh, Ampliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. My dear friend uh, Stachius. Greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those, and, and he's given all these greetings. But then he gets down to verse 12. Greet uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Perseus, another woman who has worked hard in the Lord. And he goes on, and he, he has others that he mentions, verse 15, he mentions Julia. Uh, then he mentions Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches send greetings. Why am I underscoring these things? Because today in the text, in Luke chapter 8, it talked about the women. Here in Romans 16, we see the women. We see the significance of the women in the support of the ministry. And, and sometimes I think we might make women feel like they're lesser somehow. No. I mean, it, Romans 16 talked about these women who worked hard in the Lord. Uh, it, it talked about how they supported the ministry. Women, there's only two genders. There's men and there's women. Men do some things. Women do other things. I mean, there, there are all these different things that, that, that can be done. And women, you have such a key role to play. Some of you, Donna. Donna is has been a teacher of our children in, in our church for years. Now, some would say, you know, um, that she needs the chance to sit upstairs and listen to the sermon. I think Donna probably gets at least five sermons a week right here. Uh, give thanks for Donna and her service to the children, Jess, and her service uh, with, with the tech stuff. You know, uh, some of you, Fran, uh, you, you are an outstanding, outstanding event organizer and, uh, uh, and so many other things that, that you do as well uh, behind the scenes. I just, I want to encourage you. I'm talking about melody and the coffee making and, and what you do and, and finding your role uh, in, in serving uh, in that capacity and, and how friendly you are and how welcoming you are and how inviting you are. And, and that is a good thing for the church. Ladies. We give thanks for you. Ladies, keep doing what you're doing. Ladies, do even more of what you've been doing. 
Thank you for your support of the ministry. Thank you for the support of the local church. Thank you for for your support of of me and the ministry of Concentric and, and New England Bible College. And we're we're trying to put some things together with Concentric and New England Bible College. So thank you for your support of me. And uh, I'm so very, very grateful for you. Jesus had notable women. Paul had notable women. I have notable women, all who support and pray, fund and work hard at the expansion as partners in the expansion of the gospel of Jesus. Ladies, today for you, we give thanks. Lord, bless our women. Bless their efforts. Thank you for their labor. Thank you for their love. Thank you for their sacrifices. Thank you for the way they teach, for the way they inspire, for the way they encourage, for the way they supply. Lord, today I I pray especially for the women. Bless the women in our lives. Bless the women in our ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Men, bless you too. Have a great day.